Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. So you see. Hello and welcome to Really Good Shares. I'm AJ Delario, your host. This is a podcast where I want to expand the definition of recovery and talk with people who both inspired me and helped me become a better person than I was before. Back when I was a drunk monster, I used to pee in elevators. There was more than that, obviously. Just give me one example. You'll hear a mixture of interviews and storytelling collaborations with people I want to learn from. Today, we have an interview with Dave Holmes. Yes, the former MTV VJ from way back in 1938. Just kidding, it was like early 2000s. Currently, he's an editor-at-large for Esquire magazine and hosted the fantastic podcast Waiting for Impact about the no-hit wonder R&B group Sudden Impact. It's a mix of pop music nostalgia and mystery that is an extraordinary ending. In his memoir, Party of One, he recounts his crooked path from growing up a music-obsessed kid in St. Louis to becoming an on-air personality at MTV. But the reason I wanted to have Dave on this show is that I consider him one of the few people who make a living as a, you know, for lack of a better descriptor, a content creator who isn't overly cynical. I've spoken to him a handful of times this year, and man, each time I felt better about myself afterwards. If Dave Holmes likes you, you're probably a pretty decent human. And if Dave Holmes doesn't like you, well, you're probably Kid Rock. That's the one, yeah. Fucking all summer long. Mm -hmm. He did lyrics that I could have written in third grade. Oh, God, yeah. Things with things. Yeah. Rhyming things (laughs) with With things. things, yeah. Like the least descriptive word rhymed with itself. Kid. But even though he seems effortlessly positive, Dave struggles with low self-esteem. It almost became worse after he got his dream job at MTV. Funny how things work out that way, but totally relatable. 
Now, before we go further, Dave got to MTV because he entered the first annual I Want to Be a VJ contest, which was kind of a pageant-style competition where dozens of aspiring music nerds and pretty people vied for an on-air VJ spot. And Dave didn't win. He came in second, but they kept him anyway. Anyway, I want to know how Dave keeps being a force for good in an industry where that behavior is usually not rewarded. I feel like he's ambitious in a good way, and that's something I'm still working on. You probably loved MTV more than the people that actually just like ran MTV, right? Oh, for you know? sure. Yeah. It honestly was like a formative artistic experience when I was when I was a kid in the corridor of St. Louis that I grew up in. You still don't get a whole lot of like flavors of of what life could potentially be you know, boys do one thing and it's this thing and girls look this way. And, right. and there are a couple sort of variations on the theme, but it's basically like one thing. And I never felt like, mm-hmm. I never felt like I was that. I never enjoyed like overhearing the conversations of people who were that. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And then, you know, in 1983, you turn on this network and it's all these, you know, British people with creative haircuts. And, yeah. and it's like, well, wait a minute. There's some, there's something else out there and people are making it. What's the first video you remember seeing and loving? Ooh, okay. We were visiting one of my brothers in college mm-hmm. and his fraternity house had cable. We did not yet. Yeah. It's sort of an 82-ish. Mm-hmm. My parents and I went to visit the fraternity house and there was obviously yeah. like 90% of the place I couldn't see, but the TV room I could. And they put on MTV for me and I sat an inch in front of it and I eat cannibals by Total Coelho. What? Just a terrible song. It's an absolutely terrible song. It's an objectively huh. bad song. Huh. Uh, and the video is just neon and fright waves yeah. and animal pelts. It's the dumbest thing ever. But for right. whatever I was, 10-year-old, I was like, this, I, don't, I don't know what is happening on the other side of this window, but I want to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. It was, yeah. I remember my, uh, my grandparents had cable. The... First video, I think that I can like is uh, Madness Our House was Ooh. like kind of you know a solid one. Yeah, that's among my first as well. I used to, I wanted the fingerless gloves because oh, of, of that course. video. Of course, yeah, yeah, incredible fashion in that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. underrated fashion icons, Madness. They absolutely were. I mean, those guys still hold up. I mean, if you look they at do. it, it's just like I mean, it's just like big, you know, kind of oh, trench coat sort of things, and then yeah. Uh, yeah. A style that is built to stand the test of time and a changing body. Yeah, to have gotten there, I'm sure I did take it for granted at, at some point, mm-hmm. but, it, but it was still always, like my life in New York continued to be what it had been. Like I, I stayed with the, the roommates and group of friends that I right. had before. And when I would explain what I had done on any given day, they would just be like, oh, wait, hold, do you, what, what? And who was there? Yeah, right. Yeah. We we lived right near each other, too. Really? Where were you? I was in ninth and second. Oh, my God. I know, right? My neighbor. Wow. In my mid-20s, I moved to New York City. I had no confidence, and I couldn't find my place or my people. It was more like high school than my actual high school experience. Dave was basically the same age as me when he started working at MTV. At that time, I was writing about the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals for Law.com. 
I had a better shot at becoming an astronaut than working at MTV. But my ego was so fragile that if I did work at MTV back then, I would have become the world's biggest dickwad. The thing that I took away from your book was almost that you could have gone mm-hmm. meaner, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did not. You had, you almost, it seemed like, like, you know, you're basically making your publisher happy. Here, here's some stuff, right? But that I'm mm-hmm. allowed to yeah. go through. But who surprised you in a, left a really good impression on you? Like who surprised you in a way that you kind of just like still feel like, oh, wow, that person had something that I want, right? Mm. Wow. That's a very good question. Um, I don't know that my interactions with with like any famous, famous people were were deep enough uh, to know whether they were like good or bad people. Right. Um, except uh, I will say this, uh, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20, lovely guy. Huh. Like huh. just the nicest, most genuine guy. Um, yeah, we, we he was like my only like rock star friend. We, yeah. we hung around a good amount and then he got married and moved out to, uh, like moved upstate. Um, but yeah, he and I like would, there was a, um, a karaoke night on Bleecker street that would start like one in the morning on a Wednesday. And it was just, it was one of those, one of those weird things where the planet just aligned. And for, you know, eight weeks, there was this awesome scene. Right. Um, and you would see like Rufus Wainwright go up and sing and, (laughs) and literally like at three in the morning, they would have an award ceremony where they would like, you know, award best performances with like, podium banter that had been written like yeah, it, yeah. it was very weird uh but i i actually have an award for a duet that uh rob and i did of uh, islands in the stream uh i i asked if i could keep the award because i was like you have uh, actual awards may please keep this gold spray painted <laughs> jesus statue but it's, it's in my little trophy case um yeah he he seemed very lovely and and it also i i think we probably clicked because his um like, I think he's genuinely nice, but I also think that he was famous at around the time that everybody else who was famous suddenly was like five to 10 years younger yeah, and in better shape and, and all that kind of thing. And so he felt yeah. a little out of place. So, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, we, we, uh, we clicked it's for that, you know, it, right. people, people with low self team will, will find each other. Got it. Even at the level that I was at, Mm-hmm. When you're on a set, um, you are the smartest and funniest person in the room. And like, and I remember th- noticing that like three months into being at MTV, I, I was like, I got so much funnier because everyone laughs at all of my jokes. Yeah. And then it kind of, and luckily I was old enough to be like, oh, wait a minute. No, they're just, their day goes better if I'm in a good mood. Yeah. And I'm in a good mood if I think that I'm funny or that, you know, everyone's thrilled to see me. And that's, right. you know, thank God. I, I, I had probably turned old enough to notice that the week before I noticed that. Right. And like, if you're a kid and you grow up that way and you never know anything else, that's going to scar you forever. Hmm. As we've established, MTV was an important part of Dave's upbringing and working for the company on air, no less, was a wonderful achievement. Think of a kid playing baseball who dreamed of becoming a New York Yankee. MTV was Dave's New York Yankees. And here's a story about one time he was supposed to be hosting a BMA after party at a swanky New York City nightclub. Again, hosting. So, VIP, right? Mm, 
The MTV 20th anniversary show. Um, we did a, a big like live concert at Roseland or Hammerstein Ballroom or something. And it was, you know, artists of old and and the new guys. So like the show kicked off with some 41 and Judas Priest together at last, right? right. And then um and then the on-air people, we all co-hosted a party at whatever the club was at the time, like spa or something. Spa. <laughs> do you remember spa? Is that real or am I making that up? I do remember spa. Yeah, no, okay. spa is real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um and and I remember I went down and and I had terrible trouble getting into the door um, just of the place because I didn't look like somebody who would be there or that would ordinarily <laughs> be let in there. And I knew it and I didn't have the confidence to just like float in the way that other people who might not look like they belong there would be able to do. Right. And the the guy at the, at the velvet rope was like, nah, dude. And like, you know, put the hand up. And I was like, actually, you know, Private party. I'm not trying to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I know, but I'm I'm actually one of the hosts. Like, that's my name and that's me and whatever. And he's like, no. Nah. And we went back and forth a few times until he literally said to me, dude, it's not going to happen. And I need you to deal with the rejection somewhere else. <laughs> and I was, I was truly like, I, it took my breath away. <laughs> how vicious it was. Like, I, I actually respect it. Like, it made me feel, like, so small, but I I respected it in the moment. And luckily, at that time, somebody from the, right. that area was like, no, 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 he should you know, wave me in. Um, but but then I was just like, now I don't want to leave because I'll never get back in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've just, I've just not been, I don't know, I've just not been that kind of person. And I, and I wish that it were, I wish that it were because of, you know, some Catholic teaching uh, in my youth, but it's just low self-esteem. It's just low self-esteem, really. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, the way that I got my job at MTV kind of prevented me from getting a big head. You know, like I I literally got the job by publicly losing. So (laughs) if if I were to try to um, like, you know, be big time, uh, that, that just wouldn't, I don't think that would have flown. Um, and and also, I just don't, I don't think I have it in me um, to do that. Uh, I just like, and, and not not because I'm like, you know, uh, not because of this, this incredible humility that I've cultivated over time. It's just a life of low self-esteem. So like, I just don't, I don't, um, I find it difficult to, um, often to stand up for myself in healthy ways. So I certainly couldn't go beyond it and stand up for myself in a way that's like gross huh. and unhealthy. So I look back on that time and and I was so grateful to be there and I had had enough experience in the traditional like world of jobs to know that like I wasn't cut out for that. Like I was, I was just so fucking happy to be there and also so full of self-doubt at every moment that I... I didn't take full advantage of how kind of uh, fly by the seat of your pants the whole operation was. I mean, it was it was very well run and the shows were well produced and and they knew what they were doing, but they also like indulged your weirdest idea. So a lot of like the producers and 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 some of the other on air people would like pitch shows that were half an idea and and somebody would be like, oh yeah, let's develop that, and then it would just like be a show that ran. And, and I had ideas, but I, but because they weren't absolutely perfect in my head, um, before I brought them to anyone, I was mad at them and I just never did anything. And so like looking back, it's like that, 
I, I just wish I'd been bolder back then, but I was, I wasn't. And also, yeah, I just, I don't know, to like do a, do you know who I am moment? Like even to think about doing something like that makes me so uncomfortable. Like I no. there's just no way I'd be able to do it. When I got the MTV job, I was 27. And I, you know, it basically aged out of the demographic. But like being at the epicenter when, when like the teen pop thing happened, even though it wasn't meant for me, it was still like knowing my youth and knowing what I was really into when I was 13 and like how how indelible that was in my life. Like knowing that the shit that we were playing, even though it wasn't for me, was that exciting for the 13-year-olds who were outside the window screaming. It was really cool. But it also gave me an excuse to like the pop music of that time, which is absolutely outstanding. Like the early Max Martin shit is truly incredible. Those first couple Robin singles are... I mean, she's been flawless forever, but those are, those are, those are epic pop songs. Um, it, you know, I probably would have openly liked all this shit anyway, but it gave me an excuse to, to like it. Do you feel like you'd be in a different position and whatever level of success, if you went a little harder, if you were a little more negative, if you were like bitchier and basically kind of just like went after people more? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that, yeah, I mean, that's, that does well. And I, I don't not, I haven't never done that stuff. It's just, you know, like directing it at a specific person feels uh, shit. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pr- yeah, I don't know. But, but it's, you know, there are a hundred things that I could have, that I could be doing to be, yeah. you know, wealthier or whatever. I just, that don't really interest me. I'm curious as to just, do you, do you have, these moments where you could say something and you pull back and you notice that it's just like, oh, I'm getting very, very activated by something and I do have a very strong opinion about it, but it's going to kind of make me feel worse if I put that out in the world. Um, The only times I've ever pulled back is when I feel like I'm being mean for the sake of being mean. Okay. You know, um, and then, uh, then it's just, then it, it it's not entertaining for me to do and it wouldn't be entertaining to read. Right. Um, but I don't think I've ever been like, um, like really meant something and been like, yeah, I'm going to pull that back. Except for, you know, things that the Random House legal department asked me to to keep private and special. Yeah. Um, which why few, why did they ask that? Just there because were a couple, they... There were a couple of things that I put in there that would have been, uh, gotten people in trouble. So we had to. Gotten people in trouble, the people that you were talking about or the people that? Uh, Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, okay. What's going to be next after Waiting for Impact? Do you have another show in mind? I do, yeah. I have an idea for a a second season. I'm Mm. working on that proposal right now. The Sudden Impact guys are talking again and and recording music. And and so there there could be a, yeah, there could be a single 30 years after the fact. Wow. which, uh, Which would be great. Um, yeah. and so you're, yeah, you're kind of like Peter Jackson basically with like get back, but with mm-hmm. sudden impact kind with, of, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. The exact opposite of the Beatles. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's like fun and exciting and you know, like that's, that's a, a good thing to think about. And even if they're, even if it's just that they're talking for the first time in a while, that's, that makes me happy. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I've, um, I've always got, you know, like a, a thousand things sort of spinning at 
the same time, I'd love to focus on one, but for now, we're on the grind. Yeah. Dave was 27 years old when he got his dream job, which he later realized he wasn't equipped to handle. But is anybody? I was 33 years old when I got the job as editor-in-chief at a place I never thought I would. I remember a PR person reached out to congratulate me on my big new job. Now before, as a writer, it had been part of my job to read the press releases, and now it was my job to ignore them. I realized in that moment my life had changed. Now eventually I had profiles written about me in magazines that I still wasn't sure would even let me write for them. And that's what I thought it meant to be a success. And I thought I would no longer suffer from low self-esteem. That didn't happen. Success didn't feel like I thought it would. I was constantly dealing with my rejection. Someplace else. But it's good to know that I'm not alone. Do you think you're a good person? I don't know. Uh, I think I try to be. What does trying to be mean? Uh, um, in my case, uh, second-guessing every single thing that I do or have done at okay. all times. Okay, so it's just like your conscience. Yeah. Is your guide somewhere. Yeah, yeah kind of, yeah. Yeah. Next time on Really Good Shares, we're digging into emotional sobriety on the internet. Gross. Speaking of which, would you like to be on this show? We're collecting examples of toxic online habits for the next episode. Now, if you're addicted to some awful internet tendencies, stalking your exes, hate reading frenemies, doom scrolling, trolling, please send us a voice memo to editors at thesmallbow.com. We'll put that email address in the show notes. Please don't go longer than 50 seconds. Thank you. Really Good Chairs is hosted by me, AJ Delario. We're produced by Julian Weller, Jackie Huntington, and Jessica Kreinchich, with production assistance from Lindsay Hoffman. Our theme music is Everything You'll Ever Need by Swamp Dog. Our executive producers are myself and Julian Weller. Special thanks to Mango, Hot Ticketer, and Bethann Macaluso. And extra special thanks to Dave Holmes for being my new best friend. If you liked what you heard here, check out thesmallbow.com. That's bow as in bow and arrow. Yeah, man. We'll be back next time with you and Karen Ho and Dave Holmes again. And what the hell, me too. Sharing all of our thoughts about the icky, awful internet. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.